With no doubt, I'll give you all my time and walk the line. You bring out the best part of me, babe. Effortlessly, effortlessly. Hope you never dim the light. Ooh. Hold me close as you can till we're ghosts. It's a promise till it goes. Hey, oh baby, I'm feeling all sort of things. I never wanna see you ever leave. Maybe I'll take you to my family. Change your name. I'm just trying to do like a sound check to see if uh, the people who are listening right now are hearing me because there seems to be some kind of a technical problem that I do not know how to resolve myself. Okay, I, uh, okay, um, alright, it seems that people hear me, <laughs> alright, this is, this is good, this is very good to know, uh, which means that uh, we have managed to uh, go over this problem, awesome, awesome, love that, okay, okay, let's try that one more time, alright, okay, let's try that one more time, and we are officially in, okay, alrighty, alright, coming in a second.
everybody officially <laughs> officially uh, welcome uh, welcome everyone to um, what it should be my uh, radio show my first radio show so we had a bit of uh, technical problem for which I am terribly sorry but it's alright it seems uh, it seems like we have managed to uh, go through it which is perfect I mean everything here is happening live and as we say here in the radio the radio works on magic sometimes it does but uh, you know sometimes the magic helps and we are back on track so uh, this is very nice uh, to know that we are back on track and I can officially welcome you to uh, to a new show here on the radio uh, I would like to, to talk a little bit uh, more about it so right now the radio is starting its new music show uh, in which uh, if you have read the information provided in our Instagram page uh, for for the post for uh, my yeah my show uh, if you don't follow us on Instagram do so absolutely uh, at Radio Aura Bogograd but uh, so this if you have not read even if you follow us and you haven't read uh, the information uh, of uh, of the post. Uh, basically, uh, each one of our hosts will have the opportunity to talk about a genre or a musician or a band, like anything like that, that they really like and they want to share with you, our dear fellow listeners. Well, uh, in my case, I am doing this sub-show, let's, say, let's um, uh, call it that way, The Sounds of Asia, in which I will be exploring music, genres, um, bands, groups, all kind of musical artists uh, from the Asian continent because uh, I have been very much interested and immersed in the Asian culture from a very very long time I have been a huge fan of Asian music for like five years now especially the topic that I'll be talking about uh, today visual K. Uh, I have been into into that for like five years now and I even even though I have been more focused on East and Southeast Asia like my interest uh, in those past years has, has been focused on that area right now with this music show I would definitely love and enjoy to explore and to experience more of the Asian continent because it's a huge continent with so many countries and all of those countries have something incredibly interesting to show and something incredibly interesting to know and to to understand and to get to know. So uh, with uh, with this show, the Sounds of Asia, I am trying to do exactly that and to uh, go through as many uh, Asian countries as possible and to look through um, their musical, yeah, their, their music, uh, the styles that they have, the the various artists that they have, and what are they doing. And how are they connected to the culture of that um, of the country? So yeah, this is a little bit uh, of an intro to my show and to what I'm going to talk about in the next weeks because I'm planning on coming here weekly. So yeah, uh, you may expect me to babble on here weekly, <laughs> um, depending on uh, as well when uh, when I'm free uh, to do so. But I. I'm definitely sure that it will be weekly, so you can expect that from me. <laughs> the, 
this is uh, this my very first own show that I'm hosting because um, the past year that I have been here, I have been co-hosting, you know, the DCAPs uh, and also taking part in some other in some other uh, or shows, some other radio shows such as the Aura Duel again as a co-host when I was talking again about visual change. And but right now I am so thrilled and so excited and so happy to be talking about visual today and in the following weeks to talk about Asian music as a whole. So, so, so thrilled about that. And a little technical problem will not dim my enthusiasm. It will not. So I hope that it will not tune down your enthusiasm as well. And if it does, I will keep, I will bring it back up because I am pumped for this. <laughs> and for the last, I would like to say huge, huge thank you and a huge shout out to the people who actually made this show possible and who, who brought its charm and um, everything that, well, almost everything that you will hear and you will see uh, in, the next, uh, in the next weeks while uh, this show is on. I really want to thank Sveti for the incredible poster uh, that, that she made. Uh, she is the one who will be uh, doing the, the visual stuff, like the, the, the posters that will be seen on Instagram. So huge thank you for her. Also, a huge thank you to Ivan for doing the copywriting uh, for, for the show. Incredible. Thank you so much uh, for your work and for your effort. And of course, thank you so much to the two of a kind, Chris and Alex, who uh, actually did the beautiful and magnificent jingle that you heard right before me starting to talk and you will hear even more from them, even more uh, jingles from them in the future because we are um, we are continuing with the development little by little of uh, the show. So yes, uh, thank you again guys for your work and for your effort, I truly truly appreciate it and uh, like the charm of the show and like the show basically would not have been able to start without you so thank you guys so much and right now i think it's already time to start with visual k and to introduce you and to immerse you as well in the world of visual k and to tell you a little bit more about what visual k actually is because it has a lot of things to do a lot of things are linked to it and yeah i as i said i'm more than happy and excited to welcome you and to guide you through this world of visual game and for the beginning i would like to start with uh the song that kind of like initiated me <laughs> into this uh into this movement into this world of visual game so as, a, as an official welcome, I would like to, uh, to put it now for you to hear. And the song is Enigma by Diora. And I will put it right now, let's listen to it. And afterwards, I'm coming back with information. Yeah, information about Visual K, a lot of music from the Visual K scene and all the good stuff like that. But now, let's, let me officially welcome you with the song Enigma by Diora.
So we're listening to the last seconds of Enigma by Diora and I can now officially say to you welcome to the world of Visual K. I'm so glad to have you here. <laughs> uh, and yeah, as I said, I will be your guide today into the world of Visual K. So I'm very, very happy that you're here with me. So, um, yeah, happy initiation into Visual K. <laughs> I hope you like the song. Um, honestly, uh, Diora is uh, one of the bands that sparked my initial interest and in th that got me uh, into Visual K five years ago. Wow, I can't believe that it was five years ago. But yeah, uh, it did happen. <laughs> it did happen. Uh, and yeah. Um, and actually, it's very nice because right now I can introduce you to some uh, very interesting stuff. And let me now begin with a little bit more about the history and the development uh, of Visual K. Well, everything started in the 80s, actually. Yes, everything started in the 1980s when a group called X Japan decided that they wanted to do something different. And um, being inspired by, by glam rock and by glam metal and also uh, by bands like Kiss, they decided to incorporate this um, over-the-top visual into, like, through the Japanese lens. So um, they they started this movement uh, called now Visual K. They are the pioneers who started uh, Visual K. Uh, yeah, uh, inspired by this type of visual, over-the-top, very flamboyant, very also uh, also one can say uh, eccentric and striking as well but um in the beginning uh yeah at the 80s and also a little bit uh tiny little bit from the 90s visual k when you say visual k uh it it could be it could mean both things like one of the things could be a genre because uh at that time visual k could have been called a musical genre on its own but also a subculture um and with uh, the passing of the years and the decades, uh, a lot of more bands sprouted and they started, uh, they kept this uh, uh, this particular visual style, but uh, they started um, to come up with uh, different genres, different musical genres, uh, to experiment with them, and little by little, this uh, so could be called uh, visual key genre, which also had you now a little bit uh, influence from glam rock uh, again from metal and also from uh, punk uh, and punk rock this kind of like died down little by little and only it's part of a subculture remained and right now uh, right now you can say that it is more of a subculture and of a movement of um, more of a visual visual movement and I will be talking about the visual styles in Visual K uh, a little bit later as well because there are various various sub-styles uh, in, uh, in this uh, scene, in this style, let's say it like that. Uh, but something, uh, something important uh, to know uh, about uh, from where actually uh, the name Visual K came from. Uh, well, uh, it is said that uh, it, it is said that it originated from X Japan album, one of X Japan's album, Psychedelic Violence, Crime of Visual Shock. This was uh, the um, the title of the album, and as uh, as they have said themselves that their goal 
shot with their visuals, um, this kind of like gave the name of visual K because K in Japanese means uh, style. So uh, yeah, visual shot style basically, which uh, with the years just uh, remained to visual K, and this is how it is known uh, today basically. So yeah, the eighties, uh, the eighties, uh, the main actors in the eighties uh, visual K scene, ex Japan and also Wunashi. You can also um, you can also say that they were uh, quite active at that time as well. And actually, something interesting uh, is that um, uh, ex Japan's leader Yoshiki, who is uh, who is um, who continues to be very active in the visual K scene actually, and he continues to uh, to create music even till this day and to produce a lot of songs. Uh, he actually has also initially produced Wunashi, uh, which I think is um, very interesting to know how those two initial pioneering bands have kind of like helped each other in the um, establishing of this musical movement. And well, um, in the 90s, in the 90s, it is uh, this decade of the 90s is exactly where the, the big boom of the band uh, all the bands that sprouted, as I have, uh, um, as I have told you, came along, and honestly, the '90s were the time of when the the icons that we we can tell we can um, uh, yeah we can tell them we can tell now that the icons of Visual K and the bands who who mainly established Visual K in the um, more more of a mainstream scene, even though it didn't it didn't get that mainstream, but still a lot of the bands gained quite a popularity in the nineties, and um, those bands are mm, some of the best known uh, best known visual K artists today that also a lot of the new bands take inspiration from, and they have actually established what what visual K is today. And those are bands such as Deering Grey. Deering Grey also continue to do music till this day. They're, they're very active and they have a very extensive discography. And I'll probably talk a little bit more about them. And you will definitely listen a song from them. Larkin Ciel, also uh, iconic band, honestly. Uh, especially their, mm, their vocalist Hyde. He has been also, up until this day, very, very active and uh, having a lot of uh, solo activities as well and solo projects in the visual K scene so he's been uh, quite active as well uh, of course Larkin Seal because Larkin Seal also haven't been founded still and they're still go keep, keep on going and one of my most 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 favorite bands that have my heart and my soul Malice Muse or Malice Miser in the um, more Americanized pronunciation I just adore and love Malice Miser and I'll be talking a little bit more about them if I have time uh, a bit later. Uh, but sadly, Malice Miser, they, they started their career in the early 90s uh, and uh, they went through three stages because their vocalists kept on changing and they have three vocalists and they disbanded sadly at uh, the beginning of the 2000s, which was very... Uh, the fans at that time, because I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> no, I think I was. I mean, uh, 2000. There, I think their last, last, last uh, single was in 2002, and after after that they disbanded. So it was around that time. Yeah, I have I have probably been born at that time. But the fans um, of the band uh, at that time in the early 2000s did not expect 
this uh, this disbandment at, at all and it was really very abrupt and nobody to this day nobody knows what is the exact reason for their disbandment uh, because uh, they have been they have been doing quite well with their third vocalist which is actually my my favorite they have been doing quite well and this has been very very strange and it's still a mystery and uh, after that um, I can talk a lot about Miles Miser and, and the members of Miles Miser because uh, they have uh, been very active uh, uh, after uh, the disbandment of Miles Miser and they have been creating a lot of um, um, how to say uh, a lot of uh, not inspirational but they have had quite an impact on the visual key scene as well in their own ways uh, but let's now keep it keep it moving and keep it going to um, the next the next stages uh, of development and the next uh, steps of history uh, in um, in visual key I have my notes here so if you hear um, a paper that is kind of like cracking these are my notes thank you very much uh, so uh, <laughs> we're coming to the 2000s right now uh, where the um, this whole movement and this whole subculture went underground again it started in the 80s as an underground movement and in the 2000s came back uh, to, it, uh, to its underground style and uh, the interesting thing is that in the 2000s there have been um, as I said there have been also uh, a lot of bands coming out even though uh, at that time the indie scene the indie scene of, uh, uh, of the subculture was very very um, very very active and they ha there have been I can honestly make uh, one whole episode just talking about the indie scene in the 2000s <laughs> uh, but um, for now I will be keeping it short and sweet uh, they have been very active uh, at that time with a lot of bands coming out and disbanding or with bands uh, switching members because there have been a lot of bands which have been just you know switching members um, with one another um, but there have been like two main, um, two main, oh my god, how to say that in English? <laughs> uh, let's say two main types of bands that appear. The first type being much more colorful and more pop rockish, which is something that hasn't been seen in the, in, in the visual casing up until this point to have like, you know, very colorful. Uh, I mean, it has been colorful outfits, but at this time it's more uh, pastel colors, not not that saturated, and more cute-ish, let's say that way. And the other type of bands are the complete opposite, uh, with darker, more darker visuals and darker concepts, and also in a more hardcore type of um, of music, more hardcore sound. And uh, honestly, at that time, something new also appeared in the visual key movement, which hasn't, uh, which hasn't uh, been something going on at, uh, since this point. And in the 2000s, um, it very much started uh, the personality and the looks of uh, of the members of, of the bands of the band were very very um, important <laughs> for the fans, basically. It was kind of like mm, the, the visual key rockers and metalheads who have been creating, you know, this underground music actually started to act a little bit like idols from the Japanese pop scene because there have been a lot of um, 
uh, a lot of um, cards with uh, the pictures of the member which have been uh, distribu distributed also um, a lot of um, fan signs uh, you know uh, those events in which the fans would go and greet their uh, their favorite bands and yeah uh, members and all that kind of stuff which was something very very new uh, at that time and the 2010s is still considered to be a transitional period and honestly at that time a lot of the big bands uh, which were active at that time disbanded and or toned down completely their looks and kind of ran, ran from the visual K, the visual K, uh, the typical visual K uh, style and, and appeal. And right now, I mean, it's still, uh, we're still in the early 20s, but still, I, I'm kind of, from what I'm seeing, is that uh, this transitional period I think continues up until this day because there are no almost no major bands that are kind of keeping it up as uh, Larchin Ciel and Imalis Miser and you know Dylan Grey have been keeping it up uh, in the 90s for example um, right now there are also a lot of uh, um, indie bands and I think this uh, this trend uh, to be underground is okay to be more of an underground subculture continues up until this day as well uh, and yeah, the, the more famous bands, I mean, the Gazette is one of the bands that uh, uh, started in the early 2000s and is uh, being uh, active up until this point and continues to be active. They are also starting to kind of run from the visual case style and to tone down their, their style a little bit, little by little with every, with every new album, I can definitely see that. And they're starting to be more J-Rock rather than Visual K, even though they're still considered part of the Visual K scene. But also other uh, other groups such as Eternal Bloodlust, they are a metal band, metalcore band. Uh, they, I can say that they have officially, like their visual is nothing like it was in the um, in their releases in the in 2010 and uh, beyond. They have definitely toned down a lot, and they are just now um, kind of ran from uh, the visual K officially even though I would have liked it I would have liked them to stay because they had very interesting style and concepts but right now they're more of a Japanese metalcore rather than visual K let's say it that way <laughs> and yeah even even um, in the 2010s even uh, back then uh, a lot of the bands that were active and that were more um, more famous such as Dadaroma oh my god Dadaroma I just this is one of the best visual K bands ever they sadly disbanded at the end of 2010s which was honestly heartbreaking it was expected but it was heartbreaking and right now all of the members are doing just some some random stuff but I'll probably be talking uh, a little bit more about Dadaroma uh, a bit later because right now I want to keep it more of the on the historical side and later on I will talk a bit, uh, a little bit more about the bands and what their impact was so yeah I can I can say that uh, for now we're still kind of for me in this transitional period in which I don't know what is happening we're kind of in the underground again and um, I don't know uh, I don't see too much of a movement yeah there are a lot of indie bands that are 
coming up, but they are uh, honestly lo- most of them are short-lived, and they do not make quite that much of an impact, and nobody kind of um, raises to the top, uh, raises to to being famous as famous as Bikates or Kevin Durant, for example. But um, yeah, this was uh, this was my um, short summary of the history and development of visual thing and I would like you now to listen to a little bit more songs because I initially wanted to talk less and listen to music more so that I can um, I can provide you with uh, information of um, you know the different sounds of visual key because there are so many different styles in uh, sounds I mean sounds I mean there are a lot of different styles but I'll be talking about that in a minute but there are also so many different sounds and each band has its kind of has its own distinct sound and it's very very nice and bit, uh, at least for me it's curious uh, to uh, to hear them but for now uh, let's stick with two of the bands that I talked uh, about um, I will be putting you I have prepared some music from them and the first song because there are two songs now for this little music break until uh, I come back to talk a little bit more about the styles of visual game uh, the first song will be Blue Blood by Extra Fam. Uh, this is uh, this is actually uh, a song from their uh, from their album. Uh, where was the name? Okay, uh, yeah, the, the psychedelic visual shot. Yeah, um, yes, psychedelic violence crime a visual shot. This is from their album. This is one of their yeah. This is basically their first album. Oh my god. Okay, this is one of their first album. Uh, so you will be listening to that uh, and afterwards uh, we will tone it down a little bit like the sound because Blue Blood is a bit more dynamic and a bit more you know metal-ish uh, then we'll tone it down a little bit with a song that really captures the mood of this uh, afternoon right now and I love it The Fourth Avenue Cafe by Larkin Seal uh, and this is from their album True which I think came out in the early 2000s but um, let's right now enjoy the songs and I'll be back very soon.
These were the last segment of the Fourth Avenue Cafe by Lark and Seal from their album True. Oh my god, I was bopping so hard to these songs. I just love it. It's one of my most favorite Lark and Seal songs. And I think I'll definitely be blasting True, like their album, on the way back to the dorm. <laughs> to Scapu too. But for now, let's continue on with a little bit more information uh, about the different styles. Uh, and substyles, I mean, everything about the visuals, in the visual K. <laughs> um, so, let's start now, uh, I mean, I talked, I briefly talked about the visual shot, like the, the initial goal of uh, a visual K, that it was to, you know, shock with striking visuals, with, um, yeah, very spiky hair, with um, some, some very, you know, interesting color combinations, while also, you know, keeping it a little bit dark, but also with like a bright red or a bright yellow straight into your face and something like that. Yeah, this was like the initial thought and what X-Japan uh, actually started, uh, X-Japan and Minoshi. And also, uh, also Lark and Seal in their first, in their early years, they started like that as well with this, um, this distinctive uh, visual case style of the early visual case for the visual shock style, yes. Uh, but you know, uh, with the coming of uh, the different, you know, decades and uh, with also coming the coming of different bands and genres, the visual style also started to change. And honestly, right now, it's one big mixture of absolutely everything. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, but something that is still kind of like um, typical, typical for the visual style, even though it has many subgenres of, oh my god, substyles, I, I wanted to say, uh, substyles and, uh, you know, uh, different uh, concepts, the, the whole concept of uh, 
homogeneity, I hope I pronounced that correctly, it is still very valid, it's still very going on because mm, visual, because people, you know, the musicians from the visual case scene, uh, they, you know, have more, because I mean, the Japanese themselves here are more thin and with more slender figures, uh, which here in the Balkans may appear feminine, but it's just their, their bone structure, we cannot change that. Uh, but, you know, this, their slender figure with long hair and with heavy makeup uh, as well, and sometimes some of the members even, they themselves adopt a more feminine style, like they're, they take this role into uh, the band, like this is my role, I'm going to be the more feminine looking one. And honestly, I don't know why, but I have, uh, I have uh, kind of noticed that it's the base, the bassist, that it's almost every time the more feminine one. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know why, but in the most cases, it's always the bassist. I don't know why, but it's like that. But uh, nonetheless, mm, where I was, where I was going to with that? Ah, uh, yeah, a more um, androgynous uh, style. This is what is still very much going on, and this is still something that uh, is typical for uh, for visual case and for, for the style as a whole, even though it has so many different variants. So let's now talk a little bit more about the different variants. Um, well, uh, where do I start from? <laughs> uh, okay, let's start with uh, some of the main subgenres, and let's start first with Angura K. Angura K, uh, it translated to uh, English because uh, it is in Japanese and but translated in English means underground style and it, it does usually reject the androgynous look which is something very interesting uh, and it focuses more on scary and disturbing aesthetic and themes and uh, it sometime, sometimes it's uh, also, uh, also called erogoroke uh, just putting that as uh, just a little bit of an information uh, but yes, it's very striking and very, the goal here is to provoke fear. And many bands used to wear corpse paint-like makeup, uh, which is inspired by the Japanese kabuki tradition. And they're all, their costumes are often connected to, um, to you know, uh, this type of imagery, this type of more scary, dark uh, imagery, which is sometimes also uh, inspired by the darker folklore of, uh, of Japan. And uh, due to their differences with the traditional visual K bands, which are striving for that androgynous style, it has been debated whether these bands actually belong to visual K or not. But um, several of them have, have described themselves as visual K bands, that they are definitely visual K bands. So um, yeah, they're considered to be part uh, of the movement. And some of them are Muko or Muk, like the, the more Americanized uh, um, pronunciation would be Muk. But in Japanese it's Moku. Uh, also, uh, groups such as Kaligari and Circus Dance. And honestly, um, from those, Muk is uh, also one of the one of the more famous and one of the more iconic bands. Uh, they they started their career in the early in the late nineties, as I said, and they are still still going on. They they are still producing music, and I honestly adore it. And if you are curious, how does heavy metal in Japanese sounds like you will be listening to that in a little bit <laughs> because you'll be uh, we'll be listening a song from Muk. but let's now let's now uh, continue with 
Kotecki or the so-called old school introsation, uh, which usually refers to the original visual key band, uh, which came in the early 90s. And they are emula emulating their style, you know, the, the, the type of uh, Wunasi and um, no, Larkin Ciel and Green Grey, um, all those uh, type of bands. They are also sometimes uh, called Kuroke, which means black style, because of, you know, a bit darker still, but it's not as, it's not as dark and as heavier than Gotke. Um, the, some other uh, very prominent uh, sub-style is Tambike, which is actually inspired by European fashion and mainly France. I don't know, I don't know what is about Jap Japan and their love for France, but a lot of musical, a lot of Japanese musical artists adore France and they're taking a great, um, great inspiration from classic uh, fashion and also music and the language itself. Uh, the port of Larkensia is one of them uh, because uh, the, their whole album True is kind of a little bit more inspired by this French type of pop-ish music. Uh, Malice Miser, uh, the their their second well they were um, making music with their second vocalist their music was also heavily heavily inspired by French pop and you know the French aesthetic and language and also there is this uh, band called Versailles I mean I mean <laughs> um, they sadly disbanded but their their members are still still continuing and they're still still pretty much active and Versailles actually have um, quite extensive uh, discography as well and their concept is of being uh, you know royals the royal royal vampires from the court of Louis uh, Louis the um, the king's son basically um, so they're heavily inspired by that time period as well and they're dressed like that they're dressed in this as you as you can imagine you know how they were dressed uh, during the uh, the, the sun king um, the Kingston, better said, the Kingston type uh, of time period, they are kind of dressed like that as well, but uh, you know, uh, uh, a bit more theatrical and a bit more over the top. But uh, I honestly very, uh, very much like their aesthetic of you know concept. And uh, yeah, another another group that is also considered um, considered to be under the Tambique um, sub substyle is D. This is basically how, how it's called, yes, it, it's just one letter, it's D. <laughs> and even though uh, the name is a bit strange and I am usually having a lot of trouble finding songs of theirs uh, on the internet, I this is one of the other bands that I just simply adore and love with all my heart. And I hope that I will have time to uh, let you listen to uh, a bit of D as well. They are, oh my god, they are changing styles, I mean changing concepts with every new single and every new album that they produce. I don't know how many concepts they have changed, but uh, and still under this Tambike style, you know, having a bit more of a royal-ish royal look, but they have been pirates, you know, royal pirates. How, how does that sound? Uh, to, to me, it sounds very good. <laughs> they have been pirates. They have been fairies. They have been um, they have been also very much um, being inspired not only from France but also from different countries such as China, Germany and, drums please, Bulgaria. Yes, 
Bulgaria. And they actually have uh, they actually have one single which is part of one of their one of their albums, which has uh, a lot of Bulgarian traditional elements and Bulgarian lyrics. And another album which was released at uh, the beginning of this year, which this the whole album is inspired by Bulgaria. I mean, yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I just adore them so much. But even even if they weren't inspired by Bulgaria so much, I would have still loved them because they are definitely uh, amazing. And it's always interesting to see with what else they will come up because there was also one time that they were uh, they were a part of a circus. Also, another time where they were zombie slayers. So yes, you can definitely expect everything from them. And and I'm I'm here for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> all right, let's now get to Nagoya game, uh, which um, um, uh, how to say that it is uh, it is a bit close to Koteke and Angoreke, but in, in Nagoyake actually it's not. It's uh, a little bit more about being more melodic and being more, um, mm, yeah, melodic again with a little bit darker aesthetic because they are they are most of the time wearing all black uh, with darker aesthetic and uh, dark concept as well, dark lyric, but also very melancholical. Uh, I would also say. And if you're looking for a dark ballad, Nagoyake is where you should look for. <laughs> and. Um, uh, one of one of those bands which is actually a bit um, not a bit it's actually quite popular I would say here in the West is Lynch even though they themselves kind of do, do not know if they are part of uh, of this Nagoyake style or not they are still part of the UK and they are I think they they have they have gained a lot of recognition uh, so yes uh, and they have some pretty good ballads so definitely check out Lynch Lynch's ballads this was hard <laughs> All right, and let's now head to uh, okay the penultimate uh, style, which is oshareke, and this is you remember when I was talking about the two thousands and how one type of bands were all so colorful and so cute and so pop pop rockish. Well, this is the style of oshareke. Uh, oshareke focused on light color colorful um, pastel aesthetics, opposed to the dark and shocking and you know scary images of the other. Um, of some of the other styles that I talked about and yeah uh, other names uh, it has been known also by pop K and soft K as well because of you know the more popish and cutesy style that uh, groups um, that groups have and uh, one of the most famous bands of the Oshareke uh, style is Ankafe oh they have been they have been a group for a very very long time but sadly they also disbanded at the late 2010s, I do not remember when exactly, but it was it was definitely before 2020. But yeah, they they sadly also disbanded. But you will listen to them. I have prepared a song from from them because it's just so adorable and I love it so much. And the ultimate style that I'll be talking a little bit more about is the neo visual or the slash koteosa. Now I'm bringing back. I'm going back to the 2000s when I was, and now this is the. This is the second type of band, which are, which have went more into the darker side. <laughs> wink, wink for the um, Star Wars fans. Um, so they basically uh, adopt the, those bands in the neo visual or the Kote Osa 
um, they're kind of a mixture of a Kotiki and Toshariki um, but um, more of them are kind of like on the uh, more um, darker side and they adopt the fashionable look uh, close to the Shinjuku and Harajuku uh, street fashion as well and um, they usually put a strong focus on the members' looks and personalities as I said, uh, this was something new that appeared in the early 2000s uh, and also, also something new that appeared at that time and is very um, um, very well known and very typical for the Kote Oka bands uh, is the Furitsuke which is basically uh, like hand movements which the fans do while they go on a concert like uh, a song plays and this song has its typical movements its typical like kind of choreography like and the fans do it while the, while the band is playing and uh, the, some of the most prominent uh, visual K-bands which fall into this uh, subgenre are Dipetek, which I talked briefly about. I hope I, I have time to talk more about it because because that is one of the newer bands which is still active today and is very very popular worldwide. I would say definitely worldwide. And it's one of the one of my most favorite bands as well. But uh, also another uh, another uh, very. Um, famous band from the Kotawata sub-style sub is Alice 9 as well uh, honestly I haven't listened too much of Alice 9 I just don't think they're exactly my cup of tea but they they have also gained quite a popularity in the west so I'll definitely definitely say to check some Alice 9 songs uh, they are banned for a long long time as well and they have a, a lot a lot of on their discography so uh, I think they definitely deserve to be checked and yeah, I think this is uh, kind of like a short and sweet summary of the main substyles. There, there are plenty other substyles, but let's just focus now on the main ones and let's just now listen to a little bit of music, right? Because this is a music show after all. We have to listen to some music. And the songs that I have prepared for you right now are Zetubo by Muk. I told you that uh, we'll be listening to uh, a bit of uh, muck and yeah prepare because this is this will be a wild ride <laughs> as i said for those who uh, are curious how heavy metal in japanese sounds this is how heavy metal sounds in japanese uh next we will have dylan gray with their song chrononculus and chrononculus this is one of their one of their um recent uh, recent singles, uh, I think it's either from 2018 or 2019. Uh, well, I want to say that the Tubo by is from one of their first albums in 2002, Komura Otaku. And the third song, as I said, we'll be listening to Ankafe, and this is also one of their their previous, um, one of their, yeah, uh, uh, some of their old, old tracks, a title track of theirs, because, um, Sadly, a lot of the songs from Ankafe are not on Spotify. I think they can be found on YouTube, but not on Spotify. So we'll be listening to a very nice and cute song that I absolutely love and adore and give me so much serotonin every time I listen to it, Smile Ichiban e on Na. So uh, yeah, this, this song, I, I'm leaving it for, for the end, after the more heavier stuff, so that <laughs> I can calm you down a little bit and we can continue uh, our talk uh, about some, yeah, to talk a little bit more about some other bands and yeah, to give a little bit more information on some other famous acts and probably if we have time, some other bands that I like and um, 
and yeah, that we will be listening to other musical club. But for now, let's enjoy Dettu Blow by Mug, Arana Nicholas by Dylan Gray, and Smile Ichiban Yona by Alan Kate. Enjoy!
uh, definitely check out that song in YouTube. It's the cutest and it's honestly brings it definitely brings summer vibe and just so playful and so nice and I love it so much. I would have uh, played it if it was on Spotify, but sadly it is not. But it's on YouTube, so you can definitely go and check it out. Natsu koi, Natsu game, written the way you pronounce it, uh, yeah, the way I pronounce it basically, uh, the way you hear it by Ankafe. You will not be disappointed. I promise you. <laughs> it's a super nice song. Um, all right. Uh, so, well, uh, I have a little bit more time, which I wanted to dedicate to giving you a little bit more information on bands that I kind of touched upon and also giving you guys some information about uh, other groups that are maybe not that well known, but I, I really, really enjoy listening to. And I think you might also enjoy listening to them because all of them are very um, different from each other. So uh, I, talked, uh, I talked a little bit about the Gazette. Uh, but more about their visual styling rather than their musicality honestly and i want to change that now <laughs> so i will start with a little bit more information about the gazette honestly sd they also change their style a lot but uh if d are more changing their style visually the gazette are changing their style more in a musical sense so they are definitely um experimenting a lot with different genres and this can be seen through their 20 years now old discography. <laughs> yeah, 20 years of music, it's a lot. And they have been, they have been um, experimenting greatly with different genres and you know, different methods of making music. <coughs> Sorry. They have made a lot of ballads, a lot of very nice ballads, and you will hear one soon. Uh, they have been experimenting with EDM sounds, they have been experimenting more in the death metal genre, a little bit more in the um, punk rock genre as well. They like, you can see a lot of genres in their discography and in their albums. And I think that they're one of those bands that even if you do not like all of their discography, you may find a certain album that you will very enjoy because it's more focused on a particular genre. So yeah, I'll definitely say check out the Gazette and their exhaustive discography because there is so much to find there and so much to find out. And also for some concepts, they have um, they have quite experimented as well with social commentary on different topics in the Japanese society, which I think it's also uh, very interesting to see. And uh, yeah, not only that, but yeah, especially in their more uh, darker albums, darker releases, like uh, the um, one of their death metal albums, honestly, from which actually the song got me into them dogma. <laughs> I will not be playing it right now because it's a bit more, you know, heavy. Um, but yeah, in, in those um, uh, in those type of songs, they're basically uh, singing about how everything is going to hell, basically. And I mean, if you're in that type of mood where you feel like that, definitely check it out because it definitely helps. I don't know, I don't know why, but metal, like listening to metal, not only the Gazette, but metal as a whole and from uh, other other bands in the visual K uh, world, as Nocturnal Bloodlust I mentioned as well, actually calms me a lot when I'm feeling this anger and this anxiety and this, oh my god, everything is so messed up. Uh, but yeah, this definitely helps with that. Uh, another song that I touched a little bit on is the Daloma, and I mentioned that they disbanded, and that was very expected but very sad at the same time um they uh they uh, as a name 
Dadaism artistic movement. And they also have a couple of albums which are called Dadaism 1, Dadaism 2, I think something like that. And um, honestly, even though I love them as a band, some of their songs are miss, a total miss for me, and some of their songs are a total hit for me. It's either, it's either like that. You either hate them or you love them. And there's no in between. But, I mean, this is something interesting and something to look to look um, for because it definitely uh, brings diversity to, to my music taste. And they have also been experimenting quite a lot with different uh, themes. And honestly, um, something particular about them that makes them the Daroma is actually this kind of like they also have that um, that one to shock and to strike you with what you're seeing and what you're hearing. Sometimes they can even go grotesque. Sometimes they can even go very gore, very uh, strange, very eccentric, over the top, flamboyant, and sometimes very melancholic and very melodic as well, and also sad. So again, with them, there's definitely a lot of things uh, th there are a lot of things about them, um, and again, in a more mm, musical sense. So there's definitely something to look out for. But yeah, sometimes it can be macabre, uh, sometimes it can be very flamboyant and very in your face, and very, um, but still at the same time, very striking and very um, um, producing fear. Yeah, very produ producing fear. Uh, so, there's a whole lot of, about the music videos. If you, if you have the guts, <laughs> you don't know. I, I mean, with Jiren Grace, well, whew, well, their music videos can go even further than the Aromas, and there, it, there's a lot of gore in some of Jiren Grace music videos. Trigger warning for that. Uh, so if you have the guts, go and check out. Not, not all of them, but some of them can get very gory about Jerry uh, Grace music videos. But uh, others of them, such as Ranunculus, very beautiful and very strange, but very beautiful. And definitely worth checking out. All right, so, um, okay, let me talk now a little bit more about some other, uh, some other bands that I really like and I really enjoy, even though they are not that, uh, that famous, not that well known. Uh, and, um, one of them would be Jiuka. Yes, I'm choosing right now Jiuka <laughs> because I have like a list of bands I have annotated to talk about, and so I'm kind of like choosing which one I'm going to talk for to talk about. Jiuka is definitely for this for the type of people who enjoy heavy music with some EDM in them because they make that uh, mix awesome, like uh, incredible, so good, and also. The heavy vocals of the, the vocalist are just insane, really, but at the same time he has a very melodic voice and uh, in some of their re recent releases he has started to show more his um, singing voice for which I am absolutely not, um, I'm not angry about it because his voice is very melodic and it's very very nice and it, I think it adds depth to their songs as well. Uh, but again, if you're a fan of metal and harder uh, you know, genres with some EDM in them, Jiluka is the band for you. Uh, I honestly haven't talked much about Giora, even though they're the, the, the group that ac actually got me into this whole rabbit hole of Jiluka. Okay? 
Um, but Yora, they, yeah, they're a group from 2010 and they're still uh, continuing on. Uh, I have talked previously on, uh, on the DTS as well about them, so I didn't really want to focus too much on them. But yeah, they have their own specific style, which they have been following for almost this whole decade, honestly. Uh, but something very interesting is that with their their most recent release, their uh, Dust of Note, it was released one or two months ago, they kind of switched to a more jazzy vibe. And actually, I'm so impressed with them <laughs> because it sounds so good. It sounds amazing. Uh, and I'm definitely not angry about that. Uh, even because sometimes uh, listening to kind of like the same thing from from Giora, even though I love them so much, sometimes yeah, I will be honest, it got a little bit boring. But they're definitely stirring up things with cat catastrophe note, which I'm very glad about. And um, something more. Okay, I'll talk a little bit more about another band called Kiryu. Uh, in this band, the interesting thing about this band is that they are. Mm, they are bringing, you know, Japanese traditional instruments into rock music. Uh, I mean, the members themselves don't play those uh, those instruments, but there there can be some uh, traditional instruments heard in their songs as well. And they themselves, like the members themselves, are um, their clothes, like they are. Um, my God, why why does the word come in Spanish in America and not in English? <laughs> All right, um, they wear like the kimono, the traditional Japanese kimonos, but uh, in a, in a in a more you know visual case style, uh, but they're definitely keeping that kind of like traditional traditional Japanese style, but with a visual case lens. So this is very something very interesting about them is their concept. Um, and actually, I want to play one song by them and one song by two other bands, Royce and Kodomo Dragon. Uh, so Kiryu, Royce, and Kodomo Dragon, they are three bands which are under the same label, and they are. They are kind of besties between themselves, <laughs> which we stand. And they made in 2015 or 16, if I'm not mistaken, this song called Rioran Resonanso, uh, which I will be playing in a, a little bit because it's very nice. It's in, in like they, the three bands are coming together to make one song. And um, when uh, when the vocalist of the one band is playing, like the two guitarists from the other two bands, and you know one of the drummers are playing, you know, it, it's a it's a great mixture. But it it sounds so good, and honestly, the visual of the music video is super fun to watch too. And yeah, and definitely, Royce and Kodomo Dragon are definitely bands that also deserve to be checked out, especially Kodomo Dragon, um, because they have some very strange instrument aesthetic as well. And um, yeah, I want to talk about one more band called Cloud. They sadly disbanded. Uh, how how long ago? Maybe two or three years ago as well. That was so devastating for me. You have no idea, uh, because their songs are very. You know, you you can find a, a lot of in their songs. Like uh, you can you can find also social commentary. You can find you know a lot of. Um, Themes, a lot of songs from them came the theme of hope, you know, a hope for the better, hope for the better future, hope for the world, for the society, for everything, that everything is going to be alright, that we all uh, have to love each other and to not respect each other and all that kind of stuff. Very idealistic, uh, but uh, very nice to have in the visual case team. Definitely something very, very nice to have in the visual case team, which sometimes tends to be more pessimistic and, you know, darker. 
but sadly they disbanded. And the final, the final group that I will be talk, uh, talking a little bit more about is Gochoroka. Now Gochoroka, they have also as Yora. I mean Yora and Gochoroka, like the both uh, both bands are besties as well, even though they are not under the same the same um, uh, label. Gochoroka is actually under the label uh, of D. Uh, and they are besties as well, <laughs> but yeah, Gocharoka, um, Gocharoka, they have their own kind of like established style as well that they are following. But something that I really like and why I'm telling you about this group is that the the voice of the vocalist is just very quintessentially Japanese. I don't know how to explain it, but it's true. And um, it, he has very very nice and light voice, very nice to listen to. And whatever he whatever he sings for he sings about it just sounds so nice and so pleasant because his voice is it's just so good <laughs> obviously. <laughs> and um, all right, enough of me talking stuff. Let's listen to some stuff. And um, okay, I'll be probably because um, all right. Let's see what we can do. Okay, I will be definitely playing Ryoran Redonaso because I promised you that I will be playing it and because it's a very nice and light song. So I'll be definitely playing that right now. And alright, actually, um, okay, let's do it Let's do it that way. Uh, let's play right now Ryoran Redonaso and if I have time I will be playing something more. But right now let's enjoy Ryoran Redonaso by Kiryu, Royd and Kodomo Bragot. ちんきょるがあけれど歌げは終焉を知らずこの世は今日も素敵さてここで愛されちゃうことでないとしても行くその日まで百キロの君だれかの夜に行こうさ<音楽><音楽> 
with radio and if you're following our Instagram page you will know exactly what is going to happen and when it's going to happen so definitely follow our Instagram page and uh, yeah check check the stories you know just be involved because we do good stuff I can definitely assure you that we do great stuff out here and um, as I'm talking about some good stuff actually uh, there is another show coming after me at 5.45 welcome to Geekland uh, will have its first episode as well so definitely be sure to check that out as well it will be very interesting and yeah honestly even though I do not understand that much of the topics covered in Geekland uh, I'm sure that many people do and that will find it super fun uh, to listen to so definitely tune in for that and I will be telling you bye bye with one last song uh, it's Seventh Rose by Dean I decided to enter this song because it's very powerful, very dynamic, and uh, I particularly like this song. Uh, it's from it's from 2010, so it's not like from the first release, but it's not even something new. It's kind of like in the middle of the releases of D. Uh, I chose it mainly because uh, it shows the vocal uh, ability of the vocalist. Like his his vocal range is is incredible. Like he goes to lows, to highs, to screams, to everything basically. <laughs> and I find this song like Seventh Rose. I find it musically um, very. Oof, my God, my my English. Uh, the, this whole day is uh, passing, and my English I'm losing my English, but it's alright. Uh, still better than that. I haven't uh, started talking in Japanese, <laughs> uh, but it's alright. Uh, so yeah, it's a, a musical excellence, that's what I wanted to say. The, uh, it's a musical excellence and also with the excellence of uh, the vocal Asagi vocals, it will be definitely worth an, an experience, it's definitely worth to be uh, the last song for today's episode and for today's show. And uh, a nice way to wave you virtually through the radio goodbye. And to tell you to uh, continue tuning in into the radio, um, yeah, our decaps are continuing. Next week we are continuing with the decaps. You may hear from me at the decaps as well. But as I said, follow us on Instagram, and you will know when, where, who, and how. Uh, and yeah, that that's it from me for today and for this show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you liked it. I definitely did. And now uh, I'm I'm saying you. Bye-bye with Seven Pros by D. Enjoy and have a nice weekend, uh, rest of the day, and a nice, nice, and, you know, weekend more. Um, uh, I, I hope that you'll be able to rest a little bit because midterm season, you know, this week and next week, midterms, but find some time to rest and to get some time for yourself. All right? All right. So this, this was from me for today. Um, I was your host for this show. I'm Greti, I don't think I introduced myself, or if I did, I do not remember. However, I'm Greti, and this was The Sounds of Asia, and the first special episode about Visual K. Now, yes, without further ado, <laughs> I'm telling you bye with Seventh Rose by D. Bye, and lots of hugs and kisses from me. Bye.